You're listening to The Life of Tri. It's triathlon for your ears. I am here with Mark Allen, and uh, we are in Nice, France, getting ready for the Ironman World Championship. And Mark, uh, you're all too familiar with uh, with uh, Nice and winning races here. Uh, what is it like to be at a, an Ironman World Championship here? Yeah, pretty crazy. You know, this is the first time I came here for a triathlon was 41 years ago, 1982. You and were three at the time? Yeah, I was, I was three. <laughs> you know, I was just out of diapers. And, um, you know, just thinking about that amount, the, the amount of history that's taken place here in this sport and the, you know, the, the stars who have come here and competed and, and won and, and, you know, going from this event that was sort of put in place to kind of give Ironman a run for their money back in 1982, turning into an actual Ironman event itself. And now to have it be part of the Ironman World Championship, it's like crazy just the progression of it but it's one of those it's one of those locations that you know once you race here and compete here especially in a very important race like world championship is going to be you realize why it is so worthy of the stature that it holds in the sport you know it's this iconic location you've got the deep blue mediterranean powder blue mediterranean you know, just absolutely gorgeous sea out there. And then you have this definitely uh, world-class bike course with lots of climbing, lots of descending, lots of tactics that are gonna take place and lots of opportunity for people to make up time, lots of opportunity for people to set themselves up for a complete explosion on the marathon. And then you have the marathon on the Promenade des Anglais, which is I mean, you name any big avenue in any big city, and that's what this is, with its own unique character. You know, it's fifth. It's the Fifth Avenue of Nice. It's the Champs Elysees of Nice. It's the Elite Drive of, of triathlon in in France. And with that, uh, you know, there's as we know, there's there's four loops, and so the entire way, the athletes are, are literally going to have thousands and thousands of people cheering. And you, the 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 thing that I think is going to be very challenging for especially the people at the front is to not get caught up in that excitement too much and overcook yourself in the early parts of the marathon you know in let's say in Kona you have a Lee drive and, and, and it's about 10k worth of running or so you know give or take and if you kind of start to blow it because you're caught up in the excitement of everybody cheering you get the opportunity to reset out on the Queen Kahumanu Highway here you don't get a reset and so um, I think it's going to be a, it's a really, really intriguing, super interesting year for me for this event because we've never had so many top people racing, both age groupers and pros, all at once. Like for sure, you've you've had you know Paula Newby Frazier's race here, Aaron Baker's race here, I raced here, you know, y- you name it. There's been a lot of Ironman World Champions who have competed in Nice but you've never had all of the top ones here. And so how is it going to be won? I don't know. You know, what's the strategy that's going to be best? I don't know. I know how I would race it ideally, but you've got, you know, you've got like 50 other guys who might have a different idea. And so, you know, I think the person that that wins is not only going to be the one that 
obviously has the skills, the fitness, the mindset, but the one who can kind of respond in the right way on the on the day, not get um, overexcited if somebody's shown a little too much strength on the bike, you know, maybe let somebody go who might be setting a an effort that's just going to be suicide for the marathon. And, um, and then on that marathon, it's going to be somebody that maybe doesn't come in first off the bike or second or fifth. Maybe it's somebody that comes in 10 minutes behind the leaders and they run a 227, a 230. You know, we have a guy in the race who's run a couple 230 marathons. Maybe maybe we'll see him, Patrick Longa, break 230. And yeah. if, he, if he does that, how much of a lead can he give people and still make it up? A lot. Yeah. You know, so it, it's a... It's super interesting, and, and if I was a woman, and I was thinking I'm going to come here next year, I would be glued to that live feed just to see what works, what doesn't work, make sure that I don't do the mistakes, and make sure that I emphasize the strategies that seem to put together a great race. That's a long answer, sorry. No, I, I'm just sitting here going, man, I'm, this, you're getting me monstrously excited <laughs> about the race. Um, so the thing I want to make sure I get this question in, are you like how frustrated are you that this didn't happen back then? Like, how many more world championships would you have on that resume? Do you think if they had brought this race, because you only ever won here? Yeah, I raced here. I competed here ten times and won ten times, and so it was a very different experience for for me than say Ironman in Hawaii, which there I raced six years and didn't win, and then I race the next six years and did win um, so Kona it took me a lot longer to sort of dial in the formula um, but here right away I just seemed to mesh with the the energy of the culture the the beauty of the land I, I love the I love the climbing and the descending I love that dead fat flat dead flat fast run that's it Tongue twister, ladies and gentlemen. Say that like 27 times really fast, okay? <laughs> so anyway, um, yeah, I would have loved to have had a had an Ironman World Championship here because it would have been a very different test of me as an athlete than it is in Kona. Like in Kona, you kind of just get into this, you know, you have like two turns, you know, and you you drone, you you get into into your inner self a lot, and here. You, you, you have like on the bike is you know you have to be completely on top of your focus your concentration your pacing because it's vi it's very easy on climbs like this to go too hard it's actually very easy on a lot of the the, the false false flats to go too easy and it's also very easy on a lot of the descents toward the end which are actually descending but they're not they're not really they're not super steep you kind of can get get off your pace and not push on the pedals when you realize all of a sudden oh shit i should really be pushing this and so there's actually going to be a lot of pedaling on a lot of the de descending that people aren't expecting and and you add on top of that that you know the bike is going to take the, the, the top guys 15 20 30 minutes longer than normal and yeah. and so that eats up a lot more calories and so there's a whole caloric um, consideration you, you have to put in the back of your strategy book, you know, when you're thinking about this race. Um, you talked about, um, when, when you're describing this race, you talked about the, like, 
there's a level of patience. There's there's a lot of tactics to this event. Are there more tactics, do you think, at an event like this than maybe in Kona? Yeah, absolutely. Every every climb there's an opportunity. Every false flat there's an opportunity. Every descent there's an opportunity. Every 180 degree hairpin turn there's an opportunity. Every semi downhill where you could back off is an opportunity. <laughs> and that's just the bike. <laughs> you know, that's just the bike. We haven't even talked about the swim. We haven't even talked about the marathon. And so, you know, like in Kona, basically you've got, you only have a handful of opportunities where, where something might sh- shake up. You know, there's, there's obviously the turn at Kauai High where you start to go up to Javi. That can be a big opportunity. There can be an opportunity on the way back from Javi. There can be an opportunity when you get back on, on the Queen Kahumanu Highway. But there's not many. You know, it, it, it kind of kind of pans out slowly. But here, if you if you kind of start daydreaming a little bit and somebody's maybe just a little bit ahead of you and you can't see them, all of a sudden they might be they might gain a minute minute and a half on you in you know 2k 3k 5k. Right. The the other thing that's real interesting is you know people are sort of like if you look at the if you look at the course map you just don't get a a sense of what's taking place on the bike. Like, oh yeah, you see these climbs and it kind of flattens out and then it climbs a little more and then it looks like it kind of descends all the way back to the finish after 120K or so. Um, The thing that's, to me, super psychologically challenging in this is that the way the course is, you know it's a loop course. So on loops, you tend to think that you know, at some point you start, you kind of get to the, you start looping and coming back toward town, right? Well, the way, but this, the way this is set up, it's almost like you keep going away from town to, all the way to 94K, just past the halfway point. So psychologically, it, you know, there's this thing in my mind that the further I feel like I am from the end of this damn bike ride, the longer it's going to take to get back, right? And it's kind of like this on, on this course. It's a loop, but it feels like you are heading just straight, straight away. away from town. Yeah. And, and, and it's about 94K at the, at the turnaround, farthest turnaround hmm. point. Um, and granted, the, the second half will be faster because there there is more downhill. You know, you, you go to 1,100 meters or something like that in elevation. Um, but even on the downhills, there's a lot of downhill, but then you got to climb up a little bit more and then there's downhill then you climb up a little bit more and it's not really until about the last i don't know whatever 30k or, yeah, or, or whatever it's pretty like some steep descents there, towards yeah that, there's and, a lot of that and there are there's there's descents everywhere you know even in the climbing part um so yeah there's a there's a lot of strategy and maybe i wouldn't even call it strategy there's just going to be a lot of places where you really need to concentrate right um, in, you, you talked about that sort of balance needed. Would you say that when you kind of look back now, um, like I raced against you and Dave way back when, and I know you, that you were awesome swimmers and you're amazing cyclists and pretty damn good runners. We see a whole pile of that in our sport now. Like it, it just, do you feel like the, the level has gone up at all? I think because of the depth of the the field in both age group and and men men and women pros, you can't have weaknesses anymore and still be top three, top five. 
you know, you never could if you were a winner, winning. You, you had to be pretty strong in all three. Um, but now if, if you have one sport where you're, eh, you, you know, like, I mean, let's say, let's take an example. Look at, look at what's taken place with Lionel Sanders recently. You know, he's just behind on the swim and he just can't make it up on the bike and the run. Right. And, um, you know, I think a lot of guys know that, are aware of it, and they've, they've upped their swim game. Some haven't been able to figure out how to up that game to make it equal, to make the swim, keep them in a good enough position. You know, here, because of the demand on the bike, I think there can be a little more separation out of the water because one, there's not gonna be your traditional kind of pace line packs going on, going up those climbs and going down the descents and all that kind of stuff. Uh, so there's the opportunity to make up more time if your swim is not, is not yeah. up there. And because of the demand on the bike, I think if somebody has an exceptional marathon, they can make that up. You know, like, let's say, let's say, you know, for grins, Cam Wirth comes off the bike in first place. You, you pick the number, 10, 12, 15 minutes ahead of Patrick Longa, and he runs a 245 and Patrick runs a 229, Patrick wins. You know, <laughs> wow, <laughs> think about that. Or Denis Chevreau, he, he ran 231 in Hamburg. Yeah. You know, everybody else was 238 or slower. Maybe he runs a 230 and somebody's yeah. 10 minutes ahead of him and he, he beats them by, you know, whatever. Yeah. Um, so you, you can't be a guy running 242 here and think that's going to do it for you. I was chatting, you know, you were t just talking about that sort of long pace line that, I no, shouldn't say pace line, but that long line of leaders and stuff. I had a great chat with Brent McMahon yesterday who was really looking forward to this race because, you know, he, he's always felt that he doesn't do super well in that sort of environment and that this offers a different chance. And when I talked to Andrew Messick about, you know, Nice as a potential world championship a year and a half ago, he talked about it as being this wonderful opportunity for a different type of athlete to win a world championship. What do you think of that sort of view? I love it. You know, it's it, there's a, a, a very distinct skill set that you need to develop to win in Kona. This is a very different, distinct skill set you're going to need to win. You know, if you're if if you're a great climber and a shitty descender, you might lose that might lose the championship for you, you know? So you can be super fit, but you don't have bike skills. You might lose the championship. You don't need bike skills in Kona. If you can ride it, if you can kind of stay upright on your bike, you got it covered, you know what I mean? And you know, a lot of Kona is people's ability to, to manage a very hot environment. This will be quite warm. It will not be cool, but it's not Kona hot. And so, that affords somebody the opportunity to really blast a fast race compared to what they might be able to do in Kona in the heat. So I, I think it's pretty exciting because no, nobody has raced this course full distance as a world championship. And a world championship is so different than an quote-unquote ordinary Ironman on the same course. You know, and that's why people that you know there were some folks who did Ironman France they're like eh, they even got a slot and they're like, I don't know if I want to go do it again you know blah 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 
it's not the same. It's not going to be the same. You know, like if you're an age grouper and you do, you win your age group Ironman France, that's one thing, and it's great. But you come here and you've got, you know, 50 guys who've won their age groups or whatever. That's a different story. It's a different kind of pressure. It's a different kind of, for me, excitement. Yeah. I, I like it because it just brings out so much better performances from everybody. Um, finally... And you, you talked a little bit about this, so I feel like I'm coming back, but you know, 10 wins here for you. What, what was it about this, this spot that just seemed to bring out the best in you? Cause it like, it wasn't exactly easy. A lot of those times, you know, my, my, you know, one of my best friends, Andrew McNaughton loved to take it to you guys on the bike early on here. And you had to stay patient through that, and you had one year. I can't remember the gap. It was 14 minutes or so after the, after you made up a huge amount on the run. Um, what was it that seemed to just bring out so much in you here? I, I just seemed to, it just seemed very easy for me to connect with kind of like just the energy of the place. Yeah. You know, like I. From the very first time I came here, I came here in 1982, it was November. I'd never been to Europe before. We landed, it was after dark, we checked into the hotel and it was about 9.30 or something at night, which is like noon 30 back home, right, in California. And, uh, you know, we were just totally wired. And so we're, we're all like, let's go for a run, you know? So we went for a run along the Promenade des Anglais here. And, and you know, as you know, at night, it's, it's lit with lights all the way and, you know, it's buzzing and the oceans on your on one side and the iconic hotels are on the other side and you know and I, and I was just running along going wow look at this look at that oh you know I was like a kid in the candy shop and the other guys I was with they were like well we need to get back so that we can eat dinner you know and we've got to try to find something that we can eat here and I'm like dude you're in friggin' France don't worry about what you're gonna eat just eat what they serve you you know it's like I never had that feeling like I wanted to imprint my life and life experience on France. I want, when I came here, I had this feeling like I want to become part of this experience that's going on and that's gone on here for thousands of years. I mean, and then, you know, we rode the bike course and, you know, we don't have roads like this in the U.S. Just these little winding roads that go through these little towns that are perched on the top of you know these these mountaintops with cliffs on three sides and you know buildings that are a thousand years old and you know I, the whole thing was just this awe and, and i i had i have that awe in kona but it's so different the awe there is from this immense intense energy and, and power of, and starkness of the lava and so both both have something you can tap into and embrace and, and absorb and use to bring something amazing out of yourself. But figuring out how to tap into that source is sort of the secret sauce, right? Yeah. And in Nice, it was it was just like I went to the front of the class right away, you know. <laughs> and in Kona, I kept getting Fs and Ds and a C plus, but I could, it took me a long time to get an A. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and there I'm glad obviously that I stuck with it and finally understood for me anyway what it took to really embrace the island and, and the amazing power and, and culture and history and feel of it 
here it was almost like boom somebody sprinkled a little fairy dust on me like <laughs> here you go you can connect no problem you'll have some hard races but you'll come out on top it'll be okay <laughs> um you have done an amazing job of you're just getting me excited i hope everyone else gets excited about this and so i i guess like for you there's no issues with a world championship happening and happening in nice like there's been a lot of people oh you know the only place there can be as a world championship is in kona i'm guessing you don't feel that you know there's a history in kona that nothing can replicate but and so if people come here thinking how does this compare to Kona? It's sort of like apples and oranges. There's no comparison, they're so different. But a world championship should test athletes. It should put them in a position where some, something is drawn out of them that no other place could. And, that, and for sure, Nice is gonna do that. The course here will do that. The crowds here will do that. The, the culture here will do that. The beauty here will do that. The history of this land and the, the ambiance and every people will find something about themselves that could have never been discovered in, on any other course. It will, de, it will de, demand a lot of them. It, you know, they're going to have to keep their heads on their shoulders and not be idiots out there. You know, keep keep the rubber side down on the bike. <laughs> Yeah. Clearly, you know, I mean, <laughs> first things first, <laughs> it's com it's it's complex. It's just as complex to have a great race here as it is in Kona, which Kona seems like, oh, sh it shouldn't be that hard. You just go, you just go steady the whole way. You know, that's obviously it's more than that. So this is this is a world championship course. It has all the elements. It has the support of it's the support of the region. It's it has history. It has a course that will test people like no other course on the planet. And it has this incredible beauty that's inspiring. What more do you need? Yeah, absolutely. Well, that is awesome. Mark Allen, 10-time uh, winner here in Nice and six-time winner in Kona. Thank you so much for, uh, for this great chat. And yeah, as I said, you got me super excited and can't wait for the racing on the weekend. Thank All right, you. we'll see you out there. Thanks for listening to The Life of Try. If you like us, tell your mates and follow us on Instagram at The Life of Try.